There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to yet another Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, Brilliant to be back again uh, for yet another week. And indeed, this is actually the 283rd unique episode of the show since we've been running uh, since September 2011. And we've got another great guest today to talk to. We're going to talk about the art of connecting, about becoming an ambassador for your city with Joe Talak. Now, before I introduce you to Joe, I want to say a huge thank you to my guest last week, to uh, John Blasky. Uh, John's an expert in face-to-face communication uh, and particular exhibitions. And we talked about exhibitions, probably in particular, and some of the questions that you you need to ask if you're exhibiting at events uh, and to really make sure that you gain the most value from it. You know, most people just turn up at them and they quickly get a stand together, um, but there's a whole art and science behind how you do that really, really well. So if exhibitions or face-to-face marketing or thinking about the right strategy for your business is something that's important to you, do go into the archive do check out the um, information um, on the show there and and check it out. I should also just mention as well, we had massive um, interest in the previous show, which was on uh, the um, artistry of engagement. Um, we had um, some amazing guests with uh, Libby Wagner and uh, Steve Morris and also Owen Sullivan, who um, not only uh, talked to us about the artistry of engagement, but they also, um, we had uh, music from Owen. Now, Owen actually works with Steven Spielberg. He works with Russell Crowe. So do check that out. And we had a poem in there from Libby. But that show has been hugely listened to. So I recommend that one as well. So let's talk right now about becoming an ambassador for your city. I think this is a really, really interesting uh, subject. And I decided to um, connect with somebody who's very um, known in my local area in Leicestershire in the United Kingdom. Um, and is really, uh, you know, plays a, a very important role when it comes to ambassadorship uh, for the uh, for Leicester. But I want you to really think about this. Think about where you come from. I know people listen to this show in over fifty countries. So, you know, what's um what's your city like, and what are the opportunities for you in your city to really make a contribution, and how can you reach out and connect with the right people? So. Uh, you are able to potentially develop and grow your sort of business interests, but also really contribute back. So Jo Talak started her retail career over 30 years ago and worked for some really well-known retail brands. Uh, Some of them you may know, um, brands like Debenhams, House of Fraser, uh, Woolworths, uh, before joining um, a big organization called Hamson in 2000, who owned lots of uh, retail centers. Uh, Joe's had varied roles within shopping center operations. As I mentioned, she's uh, located in Leicester in England. She's a, um, init- she's a general manager. Initially, she came in as a deputy um, and really helped with the launch of this major new shopping center called High Cross. Now, I, I tell you, this, um, this shopping center has made a huge contribution to the city. And, you know, I'm um, now... When I first came to this area, I wasn't never that proud about taking people into Leicester as guests and visitors, to be honest. But now we have High Cross and some of the other facilities that have been developed. I am proud and I take people in there regularly with great pride and show them our city. Uh, Today, uh, Jo is general manager. She's got a large team, uh, a range of responsibilities that include all sorts of different 
uh, schemes, including a retail path apprentice scheme. Uh, she's an enterprise advisor, really helping young people who are considering career in retail. She plays all sorts of roles when it comes to kind of the local uh, councils and local authorities and things in the region too. She's really a true practitioner when it comes to connecting, and therefore I think it's great to talk to people who are really in there and doing it. Um, so we're going to talk about leadership, about connecting skills, about benefiting your, benefiting your local community. So a big welcome to Joe Tallack. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. And um, also nice, actually, when I'm doing interviews with people actually from my home office. So we're actually sitting next to you here at the moment as well. Um, so, Joe, I wonder if you could maybe start by telling us a little bit about what was life like for you growing up? I tend to ask this question because I'm always intrigued how people end up doing what they do. So, you know, where did life start for you and, you know, how did you come to this city of Leicester? Um, life actually started for me on the southwest coast in Somerset. I was born um, down there and I remember um, I had a really good childhood. All I can remember really from that is being outside, the heat of the summers and um, going tadpole hunting. But I just remember having such a lovely childhood. Um, and then gradually as you move on, I, mean, I studied um, theatre, media studies, so my my first ambition, if you like, um, was to go into theatre. Um, really, really enjoyed theatre and did quite a lot of it. And actually, it wasn't until my career took off that I had to sort of give the theatre side up because I just couldn't balance the two. Um, and gradually ended up moving further across the south coast um, for work. Um, moved around a lot for work and uh, was working in Southampton again on the south coast, always um, had sea around me and saw the opportunity in Leicester uh, for the same company. And I just said to, to my husband, you know, how do you fancy moving to the Midlands? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, first reaction was no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we actually um, took some time out and came into Leicestershire, spent some time here, actually came back twice. Um, discovered the countryside, spent a lot of time in Leicester City Centre and I just turned around to my husband and said, this is where I want to be, I can make a difference here. I was so excited. Even It was 10 years ago that happened, I took that move and I was so excited about the opportunity. It just felt like the right place to be and I'm so glad that we actually made that move. Mm. And I guess I'm really lucky that actually my husband was prepared to you know, up roots as well and, and take that change with me. So, but it's been an amazing journey. Great. And uh, do, do you miss the seaside? Because we couldn't be much further away from it here. Um, that does get rubbed in occasionally. <laughs> um, but actually, the countryside makes up for it. Yeah. You know, the, the scenery yeah. around here is beautiful. So, yeah, we haven't got the sea. But the reality was we never, ever went to the sea in summer anyway. We only ever went there mm. in winter. So, you know... And we can go somewhere else to see the sea. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're very lucky around here. It's very beautiful, actually. It is yeah. very beautiful. Yeah, that's attracted me to it as well. I lived living in London before I moved up here, and then I met a met my wife, who was then a girlfriend, and I came up. Thought, gosh, it's nice here, and and I, I love getting out and running and cycling around the local the local area. Um, so you interesting that you you know you had this in this passion maybe around theatre, and. Uh, you know, has that has that helped you with a career in retail, being able to uh, uh, being able to act? I think um, I think it gives you the confidence because actually I'm quite a shy person, but that probably doesn't come across. 
and all that training I had you do still put to use mm. and you know when you're meeting new people every day different people constantly you know engaging with with different groups actually all those skills do help there's you know there are times you think I really can't do this and that's when you put your training into place and think well actually I can mm. and I love it I love going out I love talking to people um, you know I don't want to necessarily be center stage but I I like the fact that I have that opportunity and life is you know very theatrical isn't it so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting you're saying that we had a I had a guest on the show, um, Deborah McAndrew, who's actually um, my only relative I've ever interviewed on the show, but she's quite a well-known playwright and been in various things like Coronation Street and things in the past. In fact, she sat in the chair that you're in, well. Joe. Uh, <laughs> and she was um, she was the same, actually, in that when she was uh, was writing plays at quite a young age, they would be putting them on up in Yorkshire uh, to huge, huge success, but she'd run out of the back of the building so she didn't have to come on and get the applause at the end. So <laughs> quite quite fascinating. Um, so tell us, uh, what is it then that you really love about retail? You know, and tell us a little bit about High Cross as well. I think um, for me, retail, um, which took me by surprise, I've got to say, because I started um, with a Saturday job, and you know, thirty years later, here I am, still in a retail environment. I like the fact that every day is different. You have so many different challenges, and you get to meet some amazing people. Every, you know, you just never know what's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, what's yeah. going to happen any any day. Mm. So it's just great fun. And there are so many skills needed to be within a retail environment you know, because it's not just serving customers. You know, there, there's the whole marketing, sales, the finance, you know, the visual displays. And the fact that I come from a retail background and, you know, I have retail partners around me. So all those retailers within the shopping centre, within High Cross, I can actually empathise with them. I know the struggles they're going through. I, I could, you know, I understand the peaks and the troughs, you know. And when retail's hard, everyone feels it. So when they're, they're looking at staffing levels or they're, they're really struggling with, you know, busy periods and how they're going to manage and give that great service... I've been there, I know what it's like, and actually I know some of the tricks as well, so it really helps with that whole retail, part. I call them retail partners rather than tenants, you know, I yeah. think that's really harsh, <clears throat> and we're, we're in it together, we're, we're, you know, we're partners, we're part of High Cross, so it really helps to understand that, um, and, and now I've done retail for so long, I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, people say to me, you know, we, you know, you sort of peaked now. What are you going to do? And it's like, well, no, I, I, I still think there are there are other opportunities within my industry and with what I do, and within High Cross in particular and Leicester. Yeah, I learn every day, and that that's the big thing for me. I like to be challenged myself as well. So, you know, put something in front of me that I've never done before. Mm. Yeah, that's part of the excitement of it. Yeah, yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I could really relate to that. I, I, I love lots of variety myself, and uh, yeah, I sometimes struggle a little bit when people people try and you know pigeonhole me. You know, are you a coach? Are you a mm. trainer? Are you a speaker? Are you? I, I love variety, so it's kind of quite. Um, I like jobs with lots and lots of variety. I think one of the things that's interesting as well about retail is that you know often when everybody else is on holiday, uh, you're not. 
because uh, that's when often you're you're yeah. busier. So, I mean, how, how do you how do you cope with that? And how you know working? I guess you know, what could be described as unsociable hours. It, it is unsociable because you know I'm on call twenty four seven, but so it doesn't stop for me. But I think if you're a real retailer, you you know you accept that it is what it is. And actually, I've worked Boxing Day for the last thirty years. Every year, my husband says, "Are you working this Boxing Day?" And every year, I say. I've always worked it, darling, and yes, I will be in at five o'clock in the morning because that's when the sale starts. And it's part of the fun, you know, those, those busy days when everyone else is on holiday. So actually what they're doing, they're in our centres, they're shopping, you know, they're coming out as families and they're looking for a good time. Mm. And we're responsible for that. Actually, those are some of the best times. So I wouldn't change it at all. Mm. And actually, I like having my holidays when everyone else has gone back to work. <laughs> yeah. It fits. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I really cool. enjoy it. Yeah. Good to, get, good to get back to those beaches in the south when there's nobody on them. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. So you've got, you've got a really, you know, got a large team at High Cross. You've got 160 people, I yeah. think, or so. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you, you know, what, what have you learned from, from doing that, really, from managing that many I, people? I think the... The key thing is when I moved from Southampton to Leicester, I took all the learnings from the the role I had in Southampton and the shopping centre there and decided, <coughs> excuse me, before I moved to Leicester, okay, these are things I'm going to ditch. These are all the bad things that, you know, maybe the feedback I'd got, you know, from my bosses, you know, this, these are the things you need to work on, Joe. Yeah. I had the opportunity to actually reinvent myself to a certain extent and actually, you know, I hope no one from my team is listening to this. I'm actually a much softer manager now because I believe that I don't need to micromanage. Yes, I've got a very big team, but actually my senior team are real specialists in what they do. So, you know, they will need direction. They'll need support in decision making, but actually... I believe as a good leader and manager, you actually empower people to do their jobs and then, you know, reward if it goes well and then we talk about it if it doesn't. But I'm I'm not the type of person who will make decisions solo. I will bring the team in. That sometimes yes, you have to make instant decisions, you know, if there's there's something happening where it's we need to know now. But actually I like to be really inclusive. Mm. Um, and yes, I've definitely, definitely become quite, I'm not a soft manager, I'm, I'm quite direct, I'm firm, I'm fair. And my team will say they get very clear instruction from me because I don't mess about. Um, but actually, I've introduced that softer side that I didn't actually have when I was in Southampton. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like, you know, moving on and, you know, growing your career, you're growing yourself as well. It, that's an amazing opportunity, the fact that I could actually ditch stuff and become someone else when I came into Leicester. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, as you say, you can, re can reinvent yeah. yourself, can't you? Yeah. And, uh, and start again. Sometimes that change is really helpful, I think. Um, so you, um, you've also, you, as a business leader, I've just got a couple of minutes left before commercial break now, but you, <laughs> you, know, you play... A number of different roles, and one of those is you're, you're an ambassador for the city of Leicester. You know what? What does that mean, and what do you do for the city of Leicester? Oh, that, that's quite a long answer, actually. I don't know if I can <laughs> we, do it in two we, minutes. Well, do, do a little bit. Uh, we can yeah. come back to it after the break. So, um, so for, 
Forget my role in High Cross for a moment. One of the key things I do for the city is when we've got new potential investors looking at the city, um, then as an ambassador, I'll be one of those people that will meet with them and tell them my story and actually talk to them about Leicester, walk them around the city and, and sell it. It's a bit like being an estate agent, if you like. You, you're selling the whole story behind it. So, And talking, again, about my experiences, um, there's nothing like actually hearing from people who have got business in a city if you're thinking of bringing a business in mm. because you know we'll be very honest I'm very honest you know it hasn't all been easy there have been challenges but it's key to it when you know to actually be able to speak to those people face to face when they're making those sort of decisions is Leicester the right city for me yes yes really key <clears throat> So I guess it's a bit like uh, if you're going to buy a, buy a house, it's good to knock on the neighbour's door and find yeah. out what they're like. Yeah, <laughs> and what, what the neighbourhood's like. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after the commercial break, we'll we'll start to really tease out some of the key steps that you can consider when it comes to you know influencing um, people in your city and playing a more active and positive role. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Joe Tallack. If you're interested in uh, finding out more about uh, some of the shows that we've got coming up and 
uh, you know, my take on some of them. Um, do go to Chris, uh, Chris Cooper. So Chris UK and, and go to the top right hand corner and sign up for the newsletter. I only send out about once a, a month. And the other thing we've been doing of late is I've been producing a blog, which is called uh, The Engaging Leader. Uh, which uh, seems to have had quite a lot of uh, interest and traction. I've had people approach me about um, uh, talking about some of their brands and things on it, which I haven't done yet. But um, I um, do, do check those out. So we've done about uh, 10 of those. In the latest newsletter, they're all in there as well, but all sorts of different aspects about you know, being more engaging as a leader and making a bigger sort of contribution. So we've got a great leader with us at the moment. We've got Joe Talak, and we've been talking about uh, becoming an ambassador from your, for your city. We've found out lots about Joe in terms of her background, her love for retail, and uh, the you know what being an ambassador um, was really um, mean for her in terms of her role in the city. Um, but we'll find out a little bit more about that. But also, what I'm keen to do to do that is in the context of really understanding some of the key steps that you have to consider when it comes to influencing. So, uh, Joe, um, you know, what are the key steps? Do you think to being able to influence and play a bigger role in your city? I think, um, well, if I go by my own experiences, I mean, clearly you've got to be really passionate and committed yourself um, to be able to be in a position to influence. So for me, one of the the first things um, I did when I moved to Leicester and took on the role um, within High Cross is... I realised I didn't want to stand alone. Yes, I wanted to be a great leader within High Cross and to my team and to my retail partners. But actually, I was really key, keen that High Cross was something more than just a shopping centre. It was actually a key part of the community. You know, it had a place within the city and we weren't excluding anyone. I think that was, that was really important for me. Um, so one of the first things I did was put myself out there, if you like. Um, Leicester's a very welcoming city. I'm sure you've yeah. found that yourself. So I got invited to a lot of different things, you know, whether it was to sit on different boards, um, join different working groups. And actually that could have become really overwhelming. But what I did do right at the beginning, in the early stage, was I went to everything. I accepted every invite and I met a lot of other influential people. And then I actually decided, okay, where do I sit? What can I really do? What can I give back to the city? And actually, the key thing is, where can I influence? Um, And one of the great things, obviously, with Leicester is we've got a city mayor, so it's quite differently managed as a city And that actually opened up quite a lot of opportunities as well, being quite a dominant investor, if you like, in the in the city itself. So I spent quite a lot of time figuring people out. They probably didn't realise I was figuring them out and actually working out which groups actually met and achieved things or just met because they wanted to network and be sociable. But actually, it was quite inward thinking. Um, and from that, I sort of narrowed down where I felt I could actually make a difference. So I was quite selective on where I belonged, if you like. So, I, you know, my skills are vast. You know, I'm a retailer, but I understand the commercial environment. So, you know, put me in a room with a load of lawyers and I'll be completely out of water and I'll think, oh, this is not right for me. And that has happened in the past. I think, oh, no, I need to escape. So it's about finding your own environment, but, you know, not even, you shouldn't be prepared 
to be an ambassador or an influencer if you don't really believe in that. If you, I feel really rooted to Leicester. I feel like I belong. I may have only been there 10 years, which is a really short amount of time. You know, for other people, when they meet me, it's like, oh, you know, you're not from here, are you? Um, but actually, I feel really rooted and I really care about what happens to Leicester, to Leicester folk and the county as well. So, and that surprises me as much as it surprises other people because I've never felt like this about any other city I've lived in and I've lived in a lot of places. You know, we've moved around quite a lot, but Leicester feels like home. Um, and bearing in mind when we moved, I said to my husband, we'll stay five years and then we'll move back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened either. But, you know, there is so much opportunity and I think you you will only get that opportunity if you prove your worth. You know, you have to have something to give. So whether it's working with young people or businesses or being the one to step up and speak, which um, is me on a number of occasions, you know, I will speak out if I think something is wrong or needs to be maybe reviewed again for the benefit of the city. So. Yes, you know, I'm committed to High Cross, but actually it's a much bigger thing for me. It's about what happens in our city yeah. and how that works and how it grows. And, you know, it's amazing how much it's grown in the last 10 years and how much investments come in and the changes with all the public realm and the connectivity. You know, it's, it's, it's unrecognisable from 10 years ago and it's still developing and that, you know, that really excites me. We, you know, we've got a great future mm. and I want to be part of that, but I also mm. want to be part of those making the decisions for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think with your, the role that you do, it's a very central and important role in the city, isn't it? Because it is the number one place for mm. people to go and shop in the city. Uh, so, you know, by having that position it just give you the opportunity to you know get involved if you if you choose to but I thought it's quite interesting now that you were sort of saying you know I've been in there 10 years not a very long time some people think I suppose the question is in 10 years you can either do very little or you can do a lot so I know you've been out there contributing a lot uh, and uh, I suppose how how you know how effective you are at using your time um, it's okay sitting here for 40 50 years but actually doing nothing um, if you're out there and making a difference then um, it doesn't matter whether you've been here 10 years or five years or, or whatever uh, but I wondered you know do you um, sounds like to be able to do this role that you often have to you'll have to push yourself out of your comfort zone have there been examples where you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone <laughs> often <laughs> today's one of them uh, yeah I, I guess you know people are looking at me for answers sometimes you think actually you know I'm only you know I'm only Joe I manage a shopping center yes it's quite a large shopping center but actually it amazes me sometimes that people have faith in my abilities and you know probably understand my strengths better than I do um, but I would say you know pretty much every day you can be pushed out of your comfort zone but again it goes back to that I want to be challenged you know throw things at me and I'll see if I can deal with them I learned from that when I certainly when I um, started getting really involved in education and young people you know, education has changed so much since I was at school, which was a long time ago. 
you know, the first meeting, it was like jargon. It was jargon world. I hadn't got a clue what anyone was talking about. I don't even understand the years in schools anymore no. because it's changed. So, you know, but for me, that, that pushes me back to go and learn and find out. And I'm one of these people who wants to constantly learn. You know, I, I, I've still got room to learn. Um, so that's what made, motivates me. That's what keeps me going. It's like, give me something new. Um, but, yeah, I would, I, I would say, you know, most days you're out of your comfort zone with, with one thing or another. It may be a crisis at work, you know, because those happen. Or it may be, you know, someone asked me to go and speak at an event the first time I did a TEDx. I was really scared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, because you think, well, why, why does why does someone want to listen to me? Um, but you know, it was really successful, and I really enjoyed it. And that's the thing, you know. I would say the majority of those extra things I do, I do really enjoy doing, mm. and that's what makes my role fun. But actually, it's a real privilege to be able to do it as well. Yeah. Yes. I think I think um, in listening to you, one of the things I I find fascinating with a lot of the people that I, I interview or the, the people I've got to know is that, uh, and I would see that with myself some, you know, sometimes that we, we all actually kind of have imposter syndrome, you know, we all kind of, <laughs> we all kind of wonder, you know, you know, I, I see you, you've got a really big job in the city of uh, Leicester, an important role. And, uh, you know, I kind of look up to what you're doing and, um, uh, but we all sometimes suffer from that, you know, feeling of, um, you know, how we, are we really imposter? Should we really be here? Are yeah. we really good Do enough? I and, it? And, and everybody does. And, yeah. and actually, the more you get up in an organisation, I know with the the biggest job I I had with with a role with a responsibility over five and a half thousand pubs for logistics and thing, I felt really you know every day I thought well, you know how am I doing? <laughs> end up doing this? <laughs> Will I get found out? <laughs> the worst thing is is thinking your team's going to find out. Yeah. You know, actually, you're winging it a lot of the time. <laughs> get very good at that <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you know the great thing is when is actually having the humility to be able to share that because that, then that makes you seem more human yeah definitely you know I make mistakes you know everyone makes mistakes and I allow my team to make mistakes because you know making mistakes is how you learn and we all do it and you know it, it, you know we forgive and we move on we learn from it and I think that's key um, but my, my team are great, you know, they're really supportive and I know some of them look at me and, why are you going and doing that, Joe? you know, seriously? Uh, because obviously my days are quite long as well because mm. I do quite a lot of um, evening activity as well. Um, and I think they, they look at me and think, you know, why, why? But then they do understand, they see that, you know, they see the bigger picture because obviously I go back and then, you know, share those learnings, share what's happening in the rest of the city with my team and my retail partners as well. So, and to be honest, I don't think I, I'd be fair on my own teams, my retailers, or, you know, Hammers and my boss, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, because I think mm. it, it's critical it to be that ambassador and to be that influencer yes. when you do have, you know, such a an important role in the city now the more I think about it, the more we're talking you know the more scared I am about my job now because <laughs> I think wow it's quite big isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with any role all you can do is is what you can do and you know what's your sphere of control and influence and I, I think what you're articulating is very important when you've got 
you know, something that is important in the city. And there'll be all sorts of things that can impact upon that, you know, sort of planning decisions going on around you, you know, new, new bills, new shopping centres, new whatever. Actually, if you do have that uh, involvement and you are contributing and people trust you and they respect you, then you're much likely to be more appropriately informed. So it's, it's, a, it's important market intelligence, really. Oh, yeah, that, that is really true. You know, there's, there's a lot of consultation and I, I do get involved and, you know, I have been able to change plans where if I felt they'd impact um, High Cross or city um, connectivity, you know, I've been listened to and that's because I'm out there and people know me and have the confidence in me that actually, you know, we need to listen to show if she's saying something. So because I'll be supportive as well, you know, it goes both ways. Yes. So it is key, it is key, particularly at the moment when there is so much happening in the city. You know, you've got eyes everywhere watching it and seeing what the impact's going to be and, you know, the, the positive impact, you know, going forward, but actually the what's happening here and now and, you know, connectivity and accessibility is key to any city. So it's having those connections and being able to consult and share mm. ideas is really important and that wouldn't happen if, you know, I wasn't out there doing it. Mm. I, I, I kind of imagine as well, you know, People are very get very precious about space and the space that's theirs, <laughs> their kind of footprint and things that impact on it. You know, we probably all, you know, have, you know, living in a home at the moment, whether it's um, rented or owned. But actually, the the neighbours around us are important, aren't they? And um, and I can imagine with 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 yourselves, and there's a lot of people there with an awful lot of different interests. And that must be quite hard to actually ever sometimes get things done, but it does happen, doesn't it? Oh, very much yeah. so. And you know, um, you know, one of the key challenges for us is, you know, within High Cross in particular, we've got a lot of residents as well. And people forget that, mm. you know, that we've got four blocks of residential, and actually, you know, they're a key customer. But actually, everything we do impacts their life. Um, you know, they like anyone. You know, you want. You want quiet, don't you? You want peace. You don't want disruption. So anything we do, we have to consider those residents as well. And that was quite a steep learning curve because it's not often you put residential within a shopping centre. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then the wider, you know, as we build more residential within the city, real positive impact on the city. But actually, they have different needs. Residents with living in within a city have a different need. Um, to those coming in and using the city, you know, for, for leisure or business. Mm. Yes, we um, we had um, Wasim Khan came round and we did an interview with him, the um, CEO of Leicestershire, Leicestershire County, completely surrounded by residents, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that must be a <laughs> so real challenge. It's so, you're really, you're being kind of yeah. welded at the hip, really, aren't you? Yeah, very much so. But, you know, residents are also key to us. You know, yeah. on those days when you have all that snow, you know, those, it's the residents and the local community that still carry on using your city and your centre. So they're vitally important to the local economy. So it's really important that, you know, you consider their needs as well. Yes. And, and it sounds like um, uh, you also get very involved with, we, we mentioned in the introduction, you were helping uh, young people who might be considering retail. So you know, that's that's just making a, a good contribution, I guess, and maybe, you know, helping helping the local employment market as well for um, for your tenants. 
Yes. I mean, retail has quite bad press as a career. It's sort of like a stepping stone before you go off and get a proper job. But actually, you know, I'm proof that you can have a really good career within retail. And, and for me, again, it's about being that ambassador, going out and, you know, educating young people about the choice of careers you can have within a retail environment. Mm. And it's not just selling, you know, it's a vast array of skills. Um, and they don't get that kind of knowledge anywhere else now because the curriculums are so tight, there's no opportunity. So I'm happy to go out and talk about careers you know, to young people and, and doing as much as I can to bring them in, to give them that experience as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of different lots of different facets to uh, to what you do. Um, I just um, we're going we're to go to a commercial break um, again in a moment, but what I'm, I'm really kind of interested in too. It sounds like when we've when we've talked and had this conversation so far, you've talked about you know kind of reinventing yourself when you came to to Leicester, and we've talked um, in learning on you know past experiences and feedback and and things, meeting lots of people and making um, a decision around where the most important areas for you to to spend your time uh, and and this involves getting out there and you know getting into you know into the beyond your comfort zone which um i think, I think i've got a saying somewhere on my on my notice board uh, i can't quite see it at the moment but actually all your potential um, often lies outside of your comfort zone so we, ha- we have to go on and do that but when we come back after the break, what I'd like to explore a little bit more is, um, is this word resistance, because um, that can be the thing that stops us, can't it? You know, when we, we're told no, or there's just some of these blocks in the way, and it's easy to get disheartened. So I'd love to, to, to chat about resistance when we get back in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. 
Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Joe Tallat. We're talking about the art of connecting, about becoming an ambassador for your city. If you've got any any sort of questions, you've got any um, thoughts about the show, do feel free to email me, email me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Um, don't send me spam, though. I've been getting quite a lot of that lately, including all sorts of false invoices and things like that. Um, so, um, But do uh, do send me good, helpful um, you know, ideas, thoughts, um, and even if you have any thoughts about um, particular areas that you want me to cover on the show that can help you, uh, then please do that. So we were talking with Joe before the break, obviously, about becoming an ambassador. And... You know, I was sort of intrigued, you know, there's a, there's a sort of process here that's starting to sort of develop about, you know, reinventing yourself and talking to people and working out the new agenda and then pushing yourself into situations that really take you out of your comfort zone. But it must be, Joe, that when you're, you know, you're doing things, sometimes you've got, you know, a good intention, but you, you gain resistance, and I think resistance is the one thing that often stops people progressing. So how do you deal with resistance and how do you know whether battles are worth fighting? Oh, and that, it took me a long time to learn uh, about giving up on certain things and understanding whether you're going to win a battle or not. Because I used to, I'm quite passionate about things, so I get quite emotionally involved. Um, so then obviously if, if you haven't got, um, other people as engaged as you are or on the same page or you know as supportive it can be really demoralizing um, so it's learning to throw those away but I think with when you come up against resistance and that's always going to happen when you know you've got a, a city full of lots of different personalities and you know actually we all want the same thing but we're we're going for it in different ways um, you know, I, I guess, you know, 10 years ago, I would have run in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay. okay, then. Um, but now it's, for me, it's about understanding how people tick, I think, and, you know, what excites individuals and understanding their personalities and actually, I guess, the best route in to be listened and heard. And, you know, people like to be treated in lots of different ways. Um, and there's an expectation of how I will approach um, individuals as well. So spending time with those other influencers is really key to understand what what really motivates them. And, and then you can figure out your way in so you haven't got as much resistance. You, you know, you're not always all going to agree on everything. That's never going to happen. And I think it's accepting that is key as well. You know, and that's those battles you walk away from. And that happens at work as well. I get really passionate and I will challenge and challenge things if I think they're not quite right. And then, you know, it. but I will also know when there's a point actually you need to stop now and refocus and where can I actually make change? Where can I influence? And actually let's put all that energy that I was putting into something that clearly was never going to happen if you like because you know from a corporate view that's not what the business wanted even if I feel it's you know the right thing to do I will rechannel my energies into something else that has taken me a lot of years to learn that I've you know I felt quite beaten up over things mm. and got quite emotional about things because I wasn't getting my own way that sounds like I was having a tantrum I wasn't having a tantrum it's just because I really believe in certain things and believe it's right. 
I won't chuck it away and say, right, let's forget about it. I'll put it away and then wait for the right timing, you know, the right opportunity to bring it out again and raise it again. And, you know, I might have to wait a couple of years for that. And I've got things at the moment that I've thought, actually, I'm going to park that for two years because I know what's happening with business and I know what's happening in the city. And actually, in two years' time, more people will listen. Yes. And actually, we might get some traction on that. Yes. So it's it's very much about self-educating and accepting you can't win them all. And, you know, forgiving yourself. Mm. Stop beating yourself up over things. Mm. And just move on and channel that energy to something else. Yes. Really hard lesson. Yes. Really hard. Yeah, I think that's a really, you know, really important thing to, to, uh, to think about and learn to manage. And uh, you know, one of the things going through my head in those sorts of situations, it's very easy to, when you're frustrated, to sit there, write a long email with all your frustrations, <laughs> and, and and sometimes uh, people do send those and uh, get themselves into all sorts of hot water so it sounds like um you know maybe a sensible thing is what i think you've just said there is that you know wait you know maybe you don't always do that uh you'll very take great care doing that but actually just think is the timing right for this mm. absolutely and going to emails i've done that hasn't everyone <laughs> yeah but now i actually i read my emails twice before i send them and actually you know if i'm responding to something that i am quite emotional about I'll just put it in draft and go back to it in 24 hours and rewrite it. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, we're all human, aren't we, at the end of the day? So, as I said before, you know, we can make mistakes. You know, we do make mistakes. So, but learn from those and just use the energy that you have and put it into something that you can influence. Mm. Yeah. I also think sometimes it's worthwhile with those emails, getting somebody else to read them as well <laughs> before you before you send them <laughs> and help you take the emotion out of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, so, what? Um, you know, how do you? You clearly, what you're doing is you're walking the talk through the way you you, you operate, and and you mentioned earlier that sometimes some of the people around you kind of you know question and even to you why you're doing some of the things that you do. Um, I wonder what are the best ways to maybe inspire other people to step up and uh, and do what you're doing? I think everyone's individual. Uh, certainly um, within my own colleagues, of, you know, within our other shopping centres and other general managers, um, I know I am far more embedded into Leicester City than other general managers are in their own cities. And I, I struggle to understand that, but again, we're all different. Um, and for me, actually, you can't sit back and complain about things and question things and challenge councils or mayors or, you know, business leaders if you're not prepared to stand up and actually, you know, help make that difference. So I, I think my life would be quite dull. It would be missing quite a key part of it if I wasn't doing what I was doing. Mm. Um but I understand, again, we're all different. And I think it's, again, it's that connection that I feel with the city. And it's really hard to explain, you know, because I certainly don't sound like I come from Leicester, although, you know, it does. I do fall into it sometimes. Um, but I just feel like Leicester is my home. And actually, 
it deserves my attention and it deserves, you know, anyone who is in a position of influence, a business leader, almost, you know, it should be part of the role. Yeah. You know, you're part of a much bigger thing and actually we're far more successful if we embed ourselves with the wider, you know, business decisions, commercial decisions and, you know, council decisions. We're all part of it then. Yes. Don't complain if you're not prepared to speak out. Yes, yeah, that's good. It's made made me me think because I think for me I've been in Leicester now for I think about fifteen or sixteen years. Um, I've lived in lots of different places around the country, and I I really feel I've been doing this radio show now for for only seven years. But I just and I interview people from all over the world. Um, but Leicester's my home city now, and I really want to put help put Leicester on the map. So it's great having you here today, and you know, having that opportunity to be able to do that and, and introduce people to you know some of the great characters that are in their local, you know, in, in my local community. Because there'll be lots in yours as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly keen to do more, uh, you know, for my city in my city uh, than. Um, you know the sort of the sort of more global things that I've been doing over over the years. I wonder, Joe. Um, we've got a few minutes left. I'm kind of interested in you know any other thoughts of things that you've learned uh, about leadership from leading this uh, large shopping centre. Um, for me, it was it was definitely about um, you know a great leader is someone who who does exactly that. You know, I think I spoke said earlier. Um, I don't micromanage, you know, I have a team, I, I believe in empowering that team, you know, everyone has a responsibility, they have autonomy to to get on and do their job and do their job well, I'm there at the top looking down um, and, you know, we're all in it together, we, we understand what we're trying to achieve and um, I'm afraid I believe in overperforming for everything. So I put quite a lot of pressure on the team. You know, I want to be better than good and great, you mm. know. So overperforming is actually the, the sort of word that we use. Um, but I think to be a great leader is you do actually empower your team and allow them to grow and develop and get on with it. And you're just there to support and because of that structure within my own team, that actually allows me to go out and do all the other stuff. Yeah. Because I'm not sitting there, you know, micromanaging a senior team. You know, you know, they're there, they're they're skilled, they're trained to do a really good job, and they do do a really good job. I'm lucky that my team has stayed with me um, through the years. So, um, and they clearly really enjoy the way we work together, and you know. That allows me all this time to go off and, and do other things as well. Mm. So it's a really good balance. It's a really good balance. And do you, you talked a little bit earlier about um, people's sort of styles and personalities. And I wonder, do you have a, a system in terms of understanding those styles and personalities? And do you, you know, f- uh, flex the way that you operate with your team based upon them? Absolutely. They're all different. <laughs> Every single one of my, particularly my senior team, that I guess I have the closest relationship with, they're all very individual, um, you know, managers and leaders themselves. They are leaders themselves, but you have to adapt your approach to every single one. Um, you know, it, 
for example, my technical manager is all for drawing me a picture to explain anything. And, you know, it's like, no, just, you know, tell me what the outcome is going to be. I really struggle with the whole mechanical aspect. And it's like, it's not my skill set. That's why I've got you. Um, but you have to give individuals time to be who they are. You can't just try and shoebox them into something, you know, to speed it up. Mm. Um, so, you know, Jack, my technical manager, will sit there and draw pictures for me because that actually allows him to explain things to me in his best way. So you, ha- you have to adapt and adju- adjust to every person you, you come in front of effectively. Um, everyone's different, you know, and that, that's the joy of, you know, being in an environment where you're with people all the time, mm-hmm. that you have that whole variety. And we have a real laugh as well in our office <laughs> because of it, because we're all so different. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then it's good, good that because uh, your different personalities can, unless you really understand that, they can sometimes grate on each other and they can have yeah. frustrations and, and what, what have you. But if you can all uh, appreciate that and then, then laugh, then that's uh, very mature. Uh, so we've just got a, a couple of minutes now before we go to commercial break, but I wonder if you've got any final messages that you'd like to leave us with. I would, um, I guess my final message is, you know, if you really believe in something, whether it's, you know, the, the sort of thing I do, so I really believe in my city, so I stand up as an ambassador, but it, but if you believe in anything, you know, have the confidence to go out and do something about it, you know, if you're committed and passionate, it doesn't matter what it is, push yourself out, out of your comfort zone, because actually, you know, that's the joy of living, isn't it, is actually pushing yourself mm-hmm. out and seeing what you can achieve yourself. You know, sometimes you, you, you can give yourself a pat on the back and say, actually, job well done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would encourage and anyone who's in business as a business leader, then, you know, you're in a really pri- privileged position. So use that position well. Excellent. Uh, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the conversation. I've loved it. Thank you very much for having me. It's been, been wonderful. I really, really, really enjoyed talking to Joe today, and I hope you've enjoyed it too. Um, if you you know if you have when you've listened to this and you know, do share it with other people as well and uh, share it with people who really want to make a bigger contribution. Um, I was uh, at a at a business event this week and there was uh, a lady there. Um, some people who are maybe in the UK may know called uh, Baroness Karen Brady who used to uh, run Birmingham City Football Club and is uh, involved with West Ham now. And uh, her final uh, message was, you know, be your best, uh, do your best, and keep going. And I think that kind of and it sums up to me what Joe's also been talking about today um, in terms of, you know, just be, as an ambas- wanting to be an ambassador, you've got to sort of be your best and be prepared to reinvent yourself. Uh, you know, do your best in terms of the different situations and the people that you meet uh, and actually just uh, keep on going if you get resistance and things like that. And then ultimately, you'll make a great contribution. If you want to find out more about uh, Joe Talak, or you want to connect with her, uh, her Twitter handle is at Joe Talak. Uh, and Talak is T-A-L-L-A-C-K. Uh, if you've got any comments, questions, feel free to get in touch with me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Uh, next week's show, we have the managing director of the Supper Club. The Supper Club um, has something like um, kind of five or 600 um, companies with um, over a million pounds of turnover, and they run all sorts of mentoring um, sessions, and have an amazing calendar of speeches and speakers, indeed, I should be speaking um, down in London for them in the end of November. So Emma Jane Packy is joining us uh, to talk about, um, you know, the some of the uh, the challenges of entrepreneurship and how to avoid um, getting in the way of yourself, really. So we're back with you again in uh, just another couple of weeks. Sorry, couple another week. Sorry.
We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.